It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Leinster game. My name's Alan Deegan and I'm in the sports ground with William Davis. Hi, Alan. We were just in talking to Andy Friend and Tiernan O'Halloran about the match last weekend and uh, the big one coming up this weekend. Yeah, I think they've parked Europe a little bit. I think they must be thrilled that the group's been blown wide open by the result in sale on Saturday. Which has sort of changed the emphasis on that now completely. But I think the focus is now entirely on Leinster and the two other games. I think you have to. Look, I think all four sides will look on this three-game package how they set up. Uh, they never use the word targeting, but they're going to have to look at games, particularly home games. I think home games in this are absolutely crucial. So um, Connacht are away on Saturday. They'll be given it. You know their full attention, Leinster. But around the edges of the preparation, they'll, they'll be looking at Ulster on the 28th and Munster then on the 5th of January. They certainly will. Let's hear what they had to say. Andy, two excellent results at the weekend for Connacht. One involving yourselves in Perpignan and then, of course, Bordeaux. Somewhat out of the blue, beating Sale uh, in Sale. So reflect on those and then are they just games that are now in the rearview mirror because it's all focused now on Leinster on Saturday. Yeah, they are. We've, we've reviewed, well, we haven't looked at the sale Bordeaux game, but we certainly reviewed our game. Um, really pleased a lot of aspects of that. Uh, probably more importantly, the, the fact that we took a, you know, originally um, our younger squad across there. Uh, we had moments there where uh, you could have excused the, f- the fellas for panicking, but they didn't. They stuck to the game plan and and stuck to the simple systems and principles we put in place. And and I thought etched out a you know really good win, and probably more importantly a bonus point try. So um, yeah, job done over there in in uh, in Perpignan and job done in European Challenge Cup. Uh, park all that now, and then it's all eyes on Leinster this weekend. It didn't start either half well in Perpignan. That could be very tricky. It's going to be. You're going to have to be a bit sharper on Saturday night. Yeah, we've we've talked about uh, our need to start well, our need for discipline. Weirdly enough, our, our focus or our theme last weekend was to start well. Uh, that's the one thing we didn't do. We finished well. Um, yeah, and sometimes the game doesn't go the way you want it to go and sometimes errors creep in or an opposition's really up for it. I said what was pleasing, though, we didn't panic with that. You know, we, we stuck to systems and stuck to uh, to what we know we can do. Uh, we had a meeting about that yesterday with our game leaders and said, you know, what was our talk like? They said, oh, it was really good. Did we panic at all? No, we felt, com- we felt comfortable. We felt confident. We knew that they got a few good good tries uh, and snuck through us there, but we knew we could fix it, uh, which is exactly what they did. So um, we know against Leinster this weekend we're going to have to be better. Uh, you can't give them a chance. And I thought, you know, the last time we played them out here at the sports ground, um, there were probably three or four moments there where... Uh, we relaxed and, and didn't complete the um, the things we need to do from a defensive point of view and from an attacking point of view, and, and that's enough to give a champion team a chance. So uh, we've got to make sure we don't up at, open that opportunity this weekend. And as a, a coaching staff and a playing staff in the organisation, are you looking just at, at, you're obviously focusing on Leinster, but the other two games, as well, is this a three-game package? Are you having to mix and match already in your mind how you're going to set teams up? Yeah, a little bit. Um, definitely, you know, I had some conversations with some players. You know, we, we've got some healthy competition across the board in a few positions. So uh, we've shared with a few players that um, if you're not involved this weekend, there's every chance you might be the next weekend. Uh, it's a six-day turnaround against Ulster, so 
uh, you know, we don't have the traditional seven days to to uh, refresh and repair, and and in the middle of that we got Christmas as well. So um, we're very conscious of that. Um, we do want to give players the opportunity to spend time with their families because that is important at this time of year. But we're really conscious on the fact that it's you know three big interpro matches, and we're going to need the whole squad to stand up. This is a great challenge for for any Connacht player for the players selected. They're going out against the. Pro 14 champions, European champions, arguably the best club, if you want to call it that, side in the world. Um, so was there a lot of guys, everybody's hand is up, there'll be some disappointed players, won't there? Yeah, there will be, and, and my message to those blokes is, I'm pleased you're disappointed, um, but you've got to park that. You know, be disappointed, uh, understand the reasoning behind the non-selection. Uh, um, some of it's uh, form of other players, some of it's things you need to work on, some of it's um, you know opportunity potentially in another in another week or another two weeks. So try and park that as best you can, and let's all put our energy behind uh, the selected 15 and, and then the, the eight reserves, um, so that we know turning up there at, uh, at the RDS on Saturday night is a really well prepared and really really well supported and confident group of men going out to do a job for Connacht. You've alluded in the past that you tend to concentrate on Connacht more than the opposition, but is there anything in particular when you look at Leinster you think they just do, is there anything particularly that they do really well, that it's a sort of a benchmark? Yeah, I think uh, from a defensive point of view they're, they're very clever at the breakdown. If it's if there's not a, an opportunity to turn a ball over, um, they'll bounce out and they'll fill that, fill that line and there's a wall of blue in front of you. Um, but if you do carry singly uh, and you, you don't have support behind you, before you know it, you've got two, possibly three players on top of you and they're looking to steal that ball. So we know around that area they're going to be very good. Um, the set-piece functions very well and I think their their attack, they're smart enough that if they're going nowhere, they'll just turn you and trust that defensive line. So, yeah, they're, they're a complete package. That's why they're European champions and, as you say, probably the best club team in the world there at the moment. So we know... We're up against a quality side, um, but that brings an opportunity, you know, and, that, and that's what we're looking at. We're looking at it. You know, we, we feel like we're we're building our game. Um, no better chance to to test it now against the best. Tiernan, five wins in a row uh, for the team. Uh, must be great confidence going into one huge game on Saturday. But this is a real package of three games now. The way it's set up. Yeah, it is. Um, I think in general this time of year is always an exciting time of the year because um, you know you've got the end of pro games. There's going to be higher attendances. There's going to be better atmospheric games, that kind of thing. But for it to come off, you know, five wins in a row, there's great confidence in the squad at the moment. Um, and I think that's just kind of the competition that we have. You know, guys are just pushing each other. There's been a lot of rotation over the last couple of weeks, um, and lads are fully aware of that now as well. So. Um, guys who might have had a, felt a bit comfortable in positions in the past um, have definitely guys pushing for them now, pushing for their places. So that's what we need. It drives everybody on. And, um, you know, I suppose to come this week now and, and play away in Dublin, we're against probably the best team in Europe. Um, that's what we want to test ourselves against. And, um, you know, we're under no illusions how tough it's going to be. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're in a good place and um, hopefully we can put in a good performance. Rotation possibly suits coaches, but you've alluded to the fact there that concentrates players' minds as well because some guy gets a chance and suddenly the coach thinks, well, I'll give him another chance. So does, does that get people talking? Are you sort of, do you watch games particularly with that in mind? Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's just always good to have that in um, somebody pushing it, someone coming from behind. Um, I know several times in the past for me, um, I've taken as a given that I might just be starting 15 and just because simply there might have been injuries or whatever it may be, lads out of form. 
Um, and then you slip into a comfort zone. Like it's 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 not what you want to do. I don't. Nobody plans on that happening. It's just automatically if you don't have somebody pushing you and pushing you, you're not going to bring out the best in your performances. And I think at the moment, um, and it's not just in my position. It's all over when you look at the whole our whole squad at the moment. There's guys that are really came out of nowhere now, and they're they're putting serious pressure on on guys that you thought you know be regular starters. Um, but it's no one's, you know, envious of that. It's um, you're really supportive. Whoever gets a nod each week when the team's named, you know, you go up and give the guy in your position a tap on the back or shake hands and just say, "Well done, well deserved." Um, and that's that's the best thing about it. You know, there's there's no grudges held with anyone. It's support guys in whatever way you can, and whoever gets the nod to be in the 23 each week is, um, you know, you have to take that as, you know, being rewarded and, and well deserved at the same time. So um, it's something that I think is is really good at the moment. It's a really good balance as well with the coaches and helping guys who are in the squad, um, tell them what they can work on and how they'll get back into it and things like that. So um, I think it's just a really positive environment at the moment for for everybody, coaches and players. Leinster Connacht is starting to produce its own backstory now. These these games seem to get everybody's attention, everybody's focus. Um, How do you approach them any differently or do you just look on it as a a new game against Leinster? Yeah, it's a new game every time you play Leinster. Um, you know, you don't focus on things that happened in the past because, um, you know, there's, there's grudges you can hold again, things like that. But again, it's it's a game of rugby at the same time. Um, obviously, from from earlier on in the season, there is analysis you can do on that. Obviously, because it's the same season. But um, going behind that, you you wouldn't look at other games um, from past seasons. So, you know, all we can do is, is focus on them and what they bring. Again, like speaking, like they've we're under no illusions how tough it's going to be. Um, they are the best team in Europe. They've it doesn't matter what 15 they put out they're probably going to have a, a good stack of internationals in there um, and they just seem to be churning guys out of the academy year in year out that are just top quality players so um, I suppose from a personal point of view it's um, the Interpro games will be I suppose the next closest thing to, to international game um, so I suppose that's a level you want to play at that's a level you want to test yourself at so um, it's the same with all the guys we'll, we'll really look forward to these games um, not that you treat it any differently I think it's just on the occasion and the day it just brings out maybe that extra 1 or 2% um, I suppose coaches probably get frustrated at that as well and they, like, they, they ask why you can't replicate that every game but Sometimes it's just it's just different playing against guys that you're pushing for international honours against. Um, atmosphere, Christmas games, you got family out of things like that. It just um, it always ramps up a notch. I think you can feel that this week. Um, you know, in training around the atmosphere around here, it's it's a big week for us. It's a, it's a big three weeks for us now with the, these interpro games, and guys are buzzing for it. Guys are pushing each other. Obviously, it helps coming off the back of five wins as well. Um, so that's always going to help. But at the same time, um, we're under no illusions against playing against three of the top teams in Europe now over the next three weeks. And the European scenario has gone very well. And obviously, Bordeaux did a bit of a favour there beating Sale, which is sort of blowing that group wide open. So that's something that's on the back foot. But that must give you something to look forward to as well a little bit late further into January. Yeah, big time. Um, you know, there was a lot of disappointment last year with, with that loss to Gloucester. Um, you know, we felt we, we could give that competition a right crack. Um, so it was the same this year coming into the season. We wanted to, to compete on both fronts. Um, and I think we've got the, the competition in the squad and at the moment the squad depth to, to challenge on both fronts. And you saw that over the last couple of weeks. There was a lot of rotation um, back-to-back against Perpignan. And we got two big wins, um, especially the one over France. And that was a really good result in, in what can be a pretty hostile environment over there. So um, I suppose after we got that win, to see Sale drop points at home to Bordeaux again give us a massive lift. And it just shows now um, how wide open Europe is again. Um, but like I said, you know, with the three games coming up now over Christmas, I suppose that is kind of on the, on the back burner for the moment. 
Um, but it's something we'll, we'll definitely look forward to when we get back into it. And we know we can, we can definitely push on in this group and um, or in the European group and, and get on top of obviously with, with Sale the next game at home here as well. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for us. So um, yeah, it's definitely something that we know as a squad that we can challenge on both fronts for that. Very much a case of packing the weekend, wasn't it? And, and, and looking at this weekend and, and um, good questions on the rotation of the squad. Yeah, I think it's it's become a key part of what Connacht are trying to do this season. Andy Friend, when he came here in the first interview I did with him, said everybody would get a chance. It's very easy for coaches to say that. I've heard coaches say it before, and then you, you realise come Christmas everybody hasn't had a chance. Um, but he has brought in people. He has given players a chance. And I think that has galvanised some of the players who might have felt they were more squad members than starters it's also galvanized as Tieran said there it concentrates the mind of the guys who think well I'm a starter and I'll be playing that game as long as I'm fit well maybe you won't be now and you've got to do it I mean you look at Sale going back to the weekend picked a very very strong team against Bordeaux at home but they just keep picking the same players over and over again and you know players get stale people get used to the systems so Connacht have had the advantage of the four games in Europe. They've, they've introduced some new players. They've all looked good enough. Nobody is going to pretend that the side that's bottom of the top 14 is the same as Leinster. They're not. There's, no, there's, no, there's 15 guys in rugby jerseys, but there's a, there's a big difference between what they're capable of. But it's still the only confidence you can get is go out, play well, and win. And they've done five in a row. And I think... In some ways, I think Saturday is a bit of a shot to nothing for them. I don't think they're uh, the fan base, and I'm not even sure that the uh, certainly the media base doesn't expect them uh, to win. But look at New Year's Day up there. Um, back on the 1st of January this year, they went up, lost 24-20, I think. Probably should have won that game. Just didn't quite get the job done, so... Connacht have nothing to fear from anybody. Andy Friend was in Galway Bay last night with yourself, William, and the rest of the, the over-the-line crew. Um, and here's a few things that I have to say. We've got some fantastic coaches in, in Nigel Carroll and Jimmy Duffy and uh, Pete Wilkins. You know, they're, they're outstanding, as well as our academy coaches led by Eric. Um, but, you know, Mussy and Amby and the, and the boys, Cully, they, they do a great job. So I'm really enjoying, at the moment, probably spending a bit more time working on the, the relationship side of things and the cultural side of things because I know I've got quality people there coaching mm-hmm. the skills and then giving them the opportunity to, you know, to, to, to apply their trade and, and uh, they're doing a brilliant job, I'll say that. And, you know, from my side, it's great because I can sit back and, you, you know, the team's in good hands and I can work really hard on the leadership and cultural side of things. Well, I've got a philosophy in the game on the game of rugby um, it's pretty simple it's uh, it's know the game which I've been involved with it now for over 30 years and, and coach the individual to me it's all about people it's all about getting the best out of the people um, if you to ask me um, how do I like the game being played it was actually the exact same way Connor played the game went back and watched a lot of their games in that mm. 2015 season 15-16 season when they won it and you could just see the ambition you could see they're a little bit out of the box they backed themselves you know kick long whether it was Tiernan at the back or Neasy at the back or Matty Healy at the back they'd back themselves to have a go um, but the rest of the other 14 players backed them as well and out of nowhere an opportunity would, would come and I love that I love that about the game 
I actually don't like the game when it's just a territory-based game. I'll kick it to you. You make an error. I'll feed off your error. You know, it's, it's to me, it's not a not an error feeding game. It's let's create opportunities. You got to be smart. Um, but that's that's basically my philosophy on the game. And, and thankfully, Connor play that style of football. We've made some good signings this year already. Um, some of the players that we definitely want to keep on board, we, we're in discussions with other players at the moment, currently under contract, who we definitely like to keep. Um, so we're bubbling along with that. At the same time, you've always got an eye out there for other young talent that's coming through. I think the other important part of uh, any successful program, you've got to have talent coming through the academy system. And I and, you know, credit again to Eric and, and the boys that are, are running that program there. We've had five players already come out of the academy system and we've capped them this year. Um, but yeah, as, as, as the head coach, you're always out there looking for other players that may be available. Uh, we, we did a cultural piece where we talked about um, the promise we wanted to make as a, as a group. Like what, what do we want to be viewed as? What do we want outside people to look in when they're watching us play and watching us walk around town or in an airport or whatever we do? They want to see this about us. Um, so we created this, this piece. So the players created this piece. We did as a staff as well. Um, it's one thing to create that. It's then to look at what behaviours do you then need to live in order to make that come to, to, to life and so we came up with four or five key behaviors and then it was simply a question of saying to the group right if we all if that's what we believe in who currently in this squad lives those behaviors better than anyone else name the top five and jb stood out from his peers he stood out now once you could see he was a leader you could see he's a quality footballer too once uh, you could see the peer support for him too as well as our other five leaders that we've got those boys did, did all stand out. There's a few others that were pretty close to that leadership group. It was then just about sitting back and watching him and how he, how he acted around the group. More importantly, how he played. And he's a hell of a footballer too. And then it was a pretty easy decision to say, um, we'd like you to take over the captaincy. And, uh, to which he said, I'd love to do it. And he's been great ever since. And JB and I, we would spend at least an hour on the phone every Sunday um, talking about what happened the night before, talking about the week coming up, what's in your head, JB, these are the things that are in my head. Um, he'll then take that to the leadership group. They'll have their meeting. We then meet on a Monday morning. Um, they'll share their thoughts on, 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 on any concerns they may have, whether it's around a, a player or um, whether it's anything to do with you know, a, a, maybe a function or a, you know, planning stuff there tends to be not, nothing really negative around it's more about what, what do we need to be looking at how are we going to get to that next level um, you know what's on your head for, in your mind fellas um, so we have that very open honest discussion um, but yeah JB and, and my relationship's crucial because I know at the Sydney Swans they've got a part of their culture is you've got the young buck coming in and and he basically you say to him um, who's, whose spot do you want and he says I want you know Joe Bloggs sweet you're going to buddy up with Joe Bloggs I want you to go and tell Joe Bloggs you want his spot so he has to go to the senior player and says by the way mate I want your spot and the senior bloke says I'm here to mentor you but it's not going to be easy son and and so they just keep pushing each other up and you know I think we've got a buddy system there at Con at the moment where um, they're buddied up with um, people that will keep each other on track um, some of them are similar positions some of them are very different positions I think that's, that's working really well for us because to me it's, it's you know if I'm the only bloke or myself and the other coach are the only blokes that are challenging the players it's just too hard a job but internally they can be challenging each other I'm fascinated by that buddy system putting a young guy looking to break into the team and, and buddying him up against with, a, with an experienced player really keeps both of them on their toes, doesn't it? It does, especially if they're in the same position. Um, that's something we hadn't heard about before, and I think that's really interesting. I think slowly but surely there is 
certain things starting to happen here now in the background, just in the coaching structures that Andy Friend has had a look and in consultation with the other coaches, you know, he doesn't make these decisions himself. Uh, you know, Nigel and, and Jimmy and Pete, they, they, they make an input. And he also talks about the leadership group and the senior players. Mm. And he talks to them and he explained last night as well why, uh, as we've just heard, why Jared Butler was, was selected as the captain. So there's a great deal of thought goes into this. But the body system is really interesting. It's something that's come from, uh, he says, AFL in uh, Australia. It makes perfect sense to me, and I think it's, it's a sign that previously on squad rotations, I always felt that sometimes the players didn't really believe in themselves, and the coaches didn't really either. They brought them in, but there wasn't enough belief there. There wasn't enough uh, sort of a feeling that they were actually going to get this job done, and now there is. I think... The, uh, the players trust the coaches that they are ready to play and I think the coaches also feel that the players are ready that doesn't mean a player isn't going to go out and have a, a poor game or make a mistake mm. but you can recover from that if you feel you're going to be supported through a difficult game you certainly can ok let's find out what else happened last weekend here's Daniel Deegan with a, a roundup of the results and what it means for Connacht In Pool 1, uh, Timisara versus Northampton was postponed due to bad weather. Claremont, 49. Dragons, 24. So in that pool, that leaves Claremont on 20 points, Northampton on 10, and Dragons on 5 and Timisara on nothing. Yeah, so next round, we would assume that Northampton will win whatever, however that game's rescheduled with Timisara, which will put them on 15. So the next round they play in Claremont, and that will decide the winners of that group, most likely Claremont. In Pool 2... Worcester 23, Pau 7. Stade-Francais 12, Ospreys 3. So that leaves Pool 2 standing as Worcester on 13 points, Ospreys on 11, Pau on 8, and Stad on 5. In Pool 3, Sale 14, Bordeaux 17. Perpignan 21, Connacht 36. In Pool 4, Zebre 58, uh, NSI 14. La Rochelle 3, Bristol 13. Leading the pool as La Rochelle on 15, Zebra on 14, Bristol on 11 and NSI on 1. Yet again, another more results that benefit Connacht. And finally in Pool 5. Harlequins 20, Benetton 9, Agen 14, Grenoble 10. Uh, that leaves Harlequins on 11 points, Benetton on 10, Grenoble on 9 and Agen on 9. And once again, results that do that benefit Connacht. But at this stage, we're looking at Connacht having a real chance of winning their pool and, and a good chance of a home quarter-final if they do win the pool. So Connacht need to uh, win the last two games and get a bonus point in at least one of those games to get a home quarter-final. Um, that will guarantee the home quarter-final for us because uh, we'll top the pool and be in the top four uh, of the, the five pools. We also need to deny Sale a losing bonus point while we play them just to give us that a little bit more wiggle room. Yes, definitely to give us a bit, bit more wiggle room, to be honest. I'd, I'd much prefer if we got two bonus points in the two games, you know, just to completely put it to bed. And how did the Irish teams do in the Champions Cup? Leinster 42, Bath 15, Cast 13, Munster 12, and Ulster 30, Scarlets, tw- Scarlets 15. Wow, so how does that leave the tables? Uh, in pool one for Leinster, uh, Toulouse are on 17 points and Leinster are two points behind on 15. 
Bath are on five and Wasps on three. In pool two, uh, Munster are still top on 12 points, Castor on nine, uh, Exeter on eight and Gloucester on eight. And finally in pool four for Ulster, uh, Rassing on 19, uh, Ulster on 14, Leicester on six and Scarlet's on two. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. And of course the Pro 14 is back this weekend and here's Danny to tell us who's playing who. On Friday, two games kicking off at uh, 7.35. You've Ulster versus Munster and then Cardiff versus the Dragons. On Saturday, you've the first game kicking off at 3, Ospreys versus the Scarlets. Second game kicking off at quarter past 5 is Edinburgh versus Glasgow. And the third game at quarter to 8 is Leinster versus Connacht. On Sunday, at 2 o'clock, it's Zebra versus Benetton. All the derbies kicking off this weekend in uh, three weeks of it, minus the South Africans, of course. Yeah, the South Africans are on their break. Uh, I think they come into action in January with their derby game. Um, I think Scotland has done a good job with Edinburgh-Glasgow, but the real the real meat of these derby games is still in Ireland. Um, the games in Wales have a funny, sort of anomalous feel about them at times. But the uh, it is Derby weekend. It's the way they've set it up. I still have an issue about playing three inter pros at this time of the year. I think it's uh, to bookend it with two European games, three inter pros, and two European games. I just I can't see that as being good for player management. And I think it also potentially, although it doesn't seem to affect the crowds, means that. Um, you know, players aren't playing, aren't, just aren't going to be available. And, and that's going to, to, to be blunt, that's going to affect maybe the likes of Leinster and Munster more because they have more internationals. But the crowds still turn up. And there's no doubt about it, the Christmas rugby has a real buzz here. Uh, I'm slightly puzzled why we have to play with a six-day turnaround. I would have thought at this time of the year you could have gone Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, it's a bit strange when I, I, I don't quite understand and, and we're playing at home so I, again, surely we'd choose it but then maybe they want to go back to a Friday night game most of the games have been played on Saturday here in the sports ground and, and they're looking at maybe doing a Friday night game um, so yeah, that's the, the second game in the, in the group and we host Ulster who had some bad news yesterday with Ian Henderson um, out for 10 weeks that's not good It's not good for him, it's not good for Ulster and it's not good for Ireland because he's a key part of the Six Nations setup. but Look, that's part of the coaching game. You, 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 you're going to lose players somewhere. Uh, Connacht at the minute are in a fairly good position with injuries, but that could all change after the next two weeks. It's, it just happens. It's a physical contact game. But Henderson is a big loss. He, he's missed a little bit of time. He's just come back. Uh, I don't know whether he would have started here. I'm, I'm sure he would have been playing against Munster in Belfast uh, this weekend. So um, we'll see. Uh, that, that might stretch them a little bit in the second row. It will, and I'm, in a way I'm not looking forward to this weekend. I can get a rough case of about nine or ten players for the opposition each week. I can have a fair guess at who's going to be there, and I get my stats and I update my stats. But for Leinster, they have 50-odd players, and God knows who they're going to play, so it'll be amazing. I, can't, I, I wish they'd give me an extra day to get my stats ready for those guys, because there's just so many of them, and, and we just don't know who they're going to pick. Bookies, 
reckon they're going to win by 18. Yeah, they might be right, Alan. I, I think... I know Connacht ran them very close uh, on New Year's Day. And Connacht did okay down here in September. But that was a there was a particular effort put in there by Leinster because they didn't enjoy the defeat that they got here. Um, Tiernan in the interview there smiled when I said that about grudges. And, and he's right because a game is a game. But the Interpros, people do remember. And they don't want to get beaten by guys that they maybe went to school with or played you know, at underage rugby levels with. Mm. But I think Leinster at the moment are a very good side. The stat that you've produced earlier on today, and this is fascinating, they've never scored a bonus point win in the Pro 14 in Dublin against Connacht. That is fascinating, simply because they run in bonus points on a regular basis. If Connacht can get a bonus point up there on Saturday... That'll do very nicely. That'll set them up well for the two home games. They're going out to win. But there's a realisation that Leinster look a different animal this year. They seem to have improved. They seem to be able to pull players in and out uh, with really high skill levels. It looks like it might be a tight game, but at least it looks like at the moment the weather is going to be half decent for once in Dublin. Yeah, let, 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 let's hope so. It'll be a good atmosphere. It'll be, it'll be a good crowd in. I'm sure there'll be lots of Connacht fans there, lots of Connacht people maybe living in Dublin, maybe going up doing a bit of Christmas shopping and then going to the game. And if you are out still Christmas shopping on uh, Saturday night, don't forget it's live on Galway BFM. Uh, myself and Alan Deegan will be bringing you all the action from the RDS from around about 7.35. The kickoff is 7.45. It is indeed. We'll leave it there. Thank you, William. Thanks, Alan.